Urban Market District in downtown Kansas City, Missouri. From the banks of the beautiful crystal blue waters of the Missouri River, it is Two Douchebags and Microphone Podcast. And now, Deep Thoughts with Mark. Man, I sure wish I was the garbage man. You know what I could do if I was the garbage man? I could go to the wrong parts of town on the wrong days periodically in the morning and then watch everybody run out of their house in their underwear with two bags of trash screaming, Stop! Halt! Yeah, that's what I'd love to do. All aware of the Amber Alert, right? Well, get rid of your disinfectants and rubber bedspreads, kids. It's the all-new Amber Herd Alert System. This fantastic early warning device helps one stay dry and rid of all those annoying mattress invoices. Simply hook up to child under six or psychopath and wait for the running water sound. This clever machine has three distinct settings, babbling brook, ocean waves, and roaring river for those close calls. Order today and get a free Cinnabon Renewsit cartridge. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. You are just like a cloud. It's a beautiful day when you disappear. Two thimble dicks and a crash cart will be right back. All right, everybody. Two douchebags and microphone. I'm Mark. And I'm Rob. All right. Um, I got a little something I want to start off with. Uh, remember how Sean Payton was motherfucking... Uh, the whole Broncos organization, uh, including their um, ex-coach, uh, um, um, Nathaniel Hackett and everything, right? Which is uh, pretty much, you know, that's not something you want to do. It's not a good look. And um, it's not something you should do. Well, Tony Dungy weighed in on this. And to me, if Tony Dungy weighs in on this, it needed to be said, right? Agreed? He's right, pretty right. mild-mannered, very sensible, very good guy. And anything that he says, I respect. Tony Dungy is the latest member of the NFL community to share his opinion about Denver Broncos head coach Sean Payton's verbal torching of New York Jets offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. There's a certain respect for each other in the game that you don't say that you don't say that publicly. Dungy explained during an appearance on the Dan Patrick Show about Payton going after a fellow coach in such a way, per Andrew Gold of the Spun. For a USA Today piece published last week, Peyton declared that his predecessor may have executed one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. When Hackett served as Broncos head coach for only 15 games turned 2022 campaign, Peyton later expressed remorse and indicated that he still had his Fox hat on when he made his original remarks. A reference to how the 59-year-old spent last season working as an analyst for uh, Fox Sports Dungy, retired NFL head coach, currently serves as a contributor for NBC Sports Monday Night in America, or uh, Football Night in America, not Monday Night, Sunday Night, but um, Football Night in America program. Sean said, well, I have my Fox hat on. Well, this is Tony Dungy quoting this. Uh, Well, you aren't working for Fox anymore, Dungy continued on Wednesday. Dungy also made it known that criticizing a current coach as a broadcaster isn't the same as an active coach making things personal by slamming a peer. Hackett left no doubt he's uh, fired up over the matter during his response to Peyton delivered on Tuesday. As a coach, a coach's kid, we live in a glass house, Hackett said at that time per Rich uh, Simony of ESPN. 
We know that. We all live in different rooms. We all have a key for it. It's one of those things. There's a code. There's a way that things are done in that house. Hackett added that he believes Peyton broke an unwritten code by publicly ripping a fellow coach while speaking on record to a reporter. And you know what? I agree. You know all that Sean Peyton did was he left no room for anything for himself. So this year, if he fails and he doesn't get in the playoffs, he is going to be the most criticized person of all year. He's going to be yeah. he's going to be laughed at because people are going to go, you mouthed off and you couldn't do much better of a job than the guy you mouthed off about. Now let's not forget, Sean Payton was suspended for a year, wasn't he? Because of the dirty hits um, on Brett Favre. Oh, oh. Oh, I know all about that story. Yes, when he was with New Orleans. Yes. Okay. The the reason why against the that Vikings story is against my the attention. Yes. Is Greg Williams? Yes. The coordinator. The that defensive coordinator. Actually, put the yeah. He was the high school coach at Belton High School when I went to Belton High School. He sure was. Yes. He, reti- he quit and went to Texas. Which one was it? A&M. Was it Texas A&M, I think. I think it was A&M, but if, if not, it was Tech. It was one of those two. And, I, yeah, think well, those two I think it was A&M. I think it was A&M. And then he went on to join the Houston Oilers. Yep. Then he went on, and then when the Houston Oilers went to the Texans, yes. the Texans, they got the Super Bowl. That was the first time I seen him after high school. Mm-hmm. Was in that Super Bowl. Well, after that, I started following him. But he was the one that was involved in that Sean Payton deal. Yes, and I believe they didn't even give him the Lombardi Trophy, did they? No, that, that, that son of a bitch made me run more than anybody. I hated him. <laughs> I, it wasn't just me. He, he made all of us run. No, run actually, I know, I know a lot run. of people that went to Belton, and they say the same thing. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Greg Williams, yep. Yeah, yeah, that was his defensive coordinator. And Sean Payton had a big hand in it, too. So, and we had a 13-year losing streak with him. It's kind of hard to do all this. It's kind of hard to believe that someone like that got uh, that far in um, professional football as in the NFL. It's, yeah. 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 You're not the only person that told me that. I know many people. <laughs> I, hell, most half of my friends, uh, it's like this. Let's say I have 300 friends. 200 of them either went to Belton or Grandview. Right. Right. And then the rest Me of them probably I grew up with around, you know, um, uh, around the Cleveland, Missouri area, Cass Midway, that whole thing. So, right. yeah. Right. So, anyhow, yeah, that is it because I worked in uh, near Grandview. I played near Grandview, in Grandview, Belton, that whole area. Right. That, you know, those were our stomping grounds. So, right. um, yeah, I, I know a lot of people that, that knew him personally. I did not. We never played Belton. Right. Okay, so... Um, they were at the time 3A and we were 1A now they're like yeah, 5A like yeah yeah we were barely 1A and like I yeah, said he, before he was a dick 
He's yeah. a dick. That's all he was too. Yeah, yeah. You're not the only person that told me that. But I would have believed it if I just heard it from you anyhow. But I've heard it from a lot of different people. Nobody liked him, and I believe that. So, uh, anyhow, Sean Payton uh, has also made some claims. He's, he's, he's just being a dick, and I don't understand why he's doing this, because he put an X on Mahomes and the Chiefs back. Why would you pick a fight with the big dog? Why would you even put yourself on the map? Of anyone as talented as the Chiefs and Mahomes and and the whole clan there, why would you try to give them any type of billboard material? Because he said something to the effect of, you know, oh no no, you know, I was talking about, you know, I come here to win and and we're gonna win. And he kind of he didn't like he kind of disrespected the Chiefs without disrespecting them. And I guarantee you right. that that is somewhere in. Uh, um, um, one arrowhead drive in a locker room somewhere um, and it's going to be used as future motivation they're going to go by and read that and go okay alright Mr. Payton um, that's the I route you want to take that. I could see that but I can also see why he probably did it because it's his first year he's got he's to make a showing he's got to show he's you think he's trying to rally the team with that kind of talk He's coming into the same division as the Kansas City Chiefs. He's he's got to stand up. He can't just sit back and be quiet. You know what I mean? Okay. He's got to fight. He's got to fight. Okay. They, they spent good money to get him. He can't just sit back and. I mean, you know. So I, I can see I can see both sides of that. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And you're probably correct on that because I know no other reason why he'd do that. So, okay. Um, all right. Well, we shall see. The, the, the season's fastly approaching. We are in minicamp right now. And um, actually, it's in August. So, it's gonna, we're like, what, a week away from the first preseason game? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So, anyhow. Look into that. It's going to be a very interesting season because the Jets have a Raj now. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we have uh, other people that are very talented in the AFC, too. So it's pretty much like this, uh, except for Jalen Hurts. All the other good quarterbacks are pretty much in, I mean, the top echelon ones are pretty much in the AFC. Except for Jalen Hurts. I'm waiting to see what Jordan Love's going to do. I'm interested. Um, he looked pretty. He looked pretty good last year. I mean, I'm going to see what he's going to do as starter. Um, yeah. Uh, it's going to be an interesting year. It is. It is. On a lot of different levels, a lot of little subscripts being written already. So, it's going to be good. Um, all right. Uh, next on the bill here, we have uh, another Kurt Cobain guitar being sold for. Mo- um, well, it hasn't been sold yet. But what it does, it's going to command hundreds of thousands of dollars like the other ones. Uh, oh, yeah, I guarantee it. So, um, anyhow, uh, this is before Kurt became big with Nirvana. He took this guitar and he, and he carved the word sick at the bottom of it. It's a, a really? Tesco uh, signed by Kurt Cobain is going under the hammer. Cobain signed the guitar two years before he joined Nirvana. A Tesco Delray EV2T that was signed by Kurt Cobain two years before he joined Nirvana is under the hammer. 
the guitarist is uh, the guitarist part of the GWS auctions. The like the other ones that sold his guitars, forthcoming artifacts of Hollywood and music, becoming the latest guitar to have passed through the late Nirvana frontman's hand to go up for auction. Considering that Cobain didn't actually own the guitar, oh, okay, I didn't know this. It's not expected to sell for as much. Say his 1966 Fender Jaguar or the blue Mustang he played in the video of Smells Like Teen Spirit, they went for a lot of money, hundreds of thousands. Oh, I bet. And probably closer to a half mil. So anyhow, it says you got okay. a half million lying around, you can be the new owner of Keith Richards' old Ferrari. So um, anyhow, uh, Cobain, he did carve the word sick into the guitar's body and signed the rear, and such altercations can net an item a higher price at the auction. So... The guitar was originally owned by Johnny Cooper, who said, I did a lot of jamming with Kurt Cobain and told, uh, and, and of the band Nirvana. He said, we spent a big part of our younger years on the road up and down the West Coast doing what we loved, playing music. This Tesco Del Rey EV2T in Lake Placid Blue was used and played and signed by Kurt Cobain. In 1985, while Kurt was stayed at my apartment here in Olympia, Washington, Kurt took the guitar and carved the word sick at the bottom of it, and then after that, I had Kurt sign it on the back. There are some nicks on the guitar and one string missing. It's not going to matter. His tore-up guitar brought out hundreds of thousands. The ones he smashed on MTV, um, we covered it on the podcast, but I don't think you were quite on here yet. You may have been guesting, but anyhow, it sold for hundreds of thousands. The Tesco Delray oh, EV2T yeah. has been reappraised by guitarists in recent years and has become increasingly sought after despite being produced as low as $50 catalog guitar in the late 1960s. This particular Tesco carries a minimum bid of $10,000, but it's going to go much higher than that. In 2020, the iconic Martin D18E that Cobain played during Nirvana's famed MTV Unplugged session went under the hammer for just over $6 million making it the most expensive guitar ever sold. I could see that. I could too. Look, that, that, that was a classic video. It was, and it, it, and it changed the face of music. It um, did. And I mean, honestly, like I said before, I may not be getting Cobain's guitar, but I would be more like maybe Chris Cornell's guitar. I was uh, much more, in, I mean, Nirvana was fine, right. and I liked him. Well, I was much more into Soundgarden. Right, me too. Yeah, me too. so I would have been more to get Cornell's guitar, and if I had that kind of money, I would probably be bidding just to have that on my wall in my man cave, just so I'd be like, hey, you see that right there? Take a little close look at it. See what name's on it. And then, you yeah. know, people be like, ooh and on and wowing, of course, like they should. So, and uh, speaking of stuff like this, were you a big fan of The Sopranos? No, I was not. Okay, well, I was. Great show. One of the best shows ever. If you ever get a chance to watch it, watch it. Start with the... I, f- I, think, I think I will start binge-watching that. I mean, I... Start with the I first... I just never had the opportunity to sit down and watch it. Do yourself a favor. Start from the first episode. Don't skip one of them. Go in that, consecutive order. That's the only way to do it. Go in consecutive order all the way through and then get back with me. So, fans of The Sopranos have a chance to win, to own a piece of, not to win, I'm sorry, to own a piece of the show's history. 
Tony Soprano's boat named the Stugats is up for sale by United Yacht Sales in Stamford, Connecticut for a whopping 299900 asking price. The 1999 Cape Fear 47 was featured in the show's first season as one of three boat models used to represent James Gandolfini's character's two boats, the Stugats and the Stugats 2. So, Tony Soprano's boat isn't the only piece of memorabilia from The Sopranos that has been up for grabs since the show ended in 2007 in the famous uh, I'm Adonis, in the famous fade to black scene that is still argued over many, many times a day on what actually was the fate of this character, Tony Soprano. Some people say it going black meant that he was killed because they discussed what they thought happened. Him and his uh, brother-in-law discussed previously on three episodes before how they think that everything goes black when you die and that's it, nothing happens. So on the last episode, very famously, it goes black. So half the people thought that he was killed and the other half thought that, well, it just ended and there wasn't anything to it. But anyhow, it was a brilliant way of ending the series and a great way to keep it alive forever because people will constantly argue that that we're fans of the show. And when you see it, when you watch this, you get back with me. I want your take on it, on what happened. Okay. In August 2007, the real-life strip club behind the bottom being um, auctioned off several items on eBay, including stripper poles, a pool table, a disco ball, and more. By August 2008, Gandolfini had also sold his personal costumes at auction with Christie's, which sold for $187,750. All proceeds from the auction were then donated non-profit Wounded Warrior, which he was a very big advocate of and did a lot of great things for there. Here's everything you need to know about Tony Soprano's famed boat. What is the Stugats? Tony Soprano owned two boats throughout the series, the Stugats and the Stugats II, which were portrayed by three different models. Stugats refers to an Italian slang word for men genitalia. According to United, <laughs> according to the, and I've heard Italians call each other Stugat before. I had no idea that it meant dick. I just thought it meant a stupid fucker. I didn't know it meant dick. <laughs> According to United Yacht Sales, the boat currently for sale is on the Cape Fear 40. And I, and I grew up with a bunch of Italians. You know, like I said before, I'm Greek. And, you know, when I was growing up, they didn't really have a Greek right. section. They threw us over in the Italian section. They're like, hey, you guys are the same. Get right. over there. So um, <laughs> I, I know your mom made some awesome goulash. She oh, did. Yeah, yes. Now, that the goulash best. is actually Greek spaghetti their, right. their, their, their version of spaghetti um, but right. yeah we call it goulash but there, it's a little bit enhanced it's not just like goulash right. as we know but anyhow yeah she did make did you ever have her oh, pizza awesome. did, did you ever have her pizza that she made I don't think so oh. I might have I might have I don't remember oh that shit was so good oh my god we used to have people calling up going, hey, when are you guys going to have pizza again? I'm like, I don't know. Hang on. Let me ask my mom. <laughs> hey, mom. Oh, I don't have any dough right now. i got to get some more dough. Yeah, whatever. So anyhow, according to United Yacht Sales, the boat currently for sale is the Cape Fear 47, which was featured in the show's first se- Damn it. I miss her goulash or Greek spaghetti. <laughs> Fuck. Now I'm having a hard time read because, man, oh. 
Uh, you know, she's, this hair tells you how much we jump around. We're I know. Talking about you, you just boat and your mom's goulash all in one conversation. Yeah, and now I can't get off my mom's goulash. I'm trying to finish this article here. Damn it! I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm no, no, sorry. no, 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 no. No, it makes me realize Father Time is a motherfucker because she'll never. It is. She'll never make goulash again because she just does. Uh, you know, she's right. just can't really do it that well, and it just sucks. So anyhow, I'm going to go back to this. According to United Yacht Sales, a boat currently is for sale in the Cape Fear 47, which is featured on the show's first season during the first episode. The lauded season four episode, Whitecaps, was uh, when it was on again. And the episode, simply titled Pilot, Tony Soprano takes his mistress, Irina, uh, on the boat for a rendezvous. In season two of The Sopranos, the boat was replaced with a 43-foot Egg Harbor sport yacht and was featured in the episode Bust Out, which Tony Soprano took his son AJ out on the boat. So, anyhow, the original boat appeared again in season four during the episode of Whitecaps where Benny Fonzio um, and little Polly Germani, uh, actor... The anchor the boat offshore from the Alan Spaisley's home in Seabright, New Jersey, and blasting Martin concert series through the speakers. By season six of the series, Tony Soprano had a new boat named the Stugats 2, which was a 55-foot ocean yacht. This boat was featured in the episode Johnny Cakes when Tony Soprano and AJ go fishing. So, anyhow, you have that much money? Go buy the son of a bitch. No. Yeah, no, I don't have no. that much money. And, you know, I'm into all this nostalgia stuff. For some reason, a boat doesn't do it for me. I, that just doesn't do it. I don't really care about the boat. I got the lake. I just don't have the money. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, hear about the sea otter that uh, that is, like, attacking surfers? No, I have not. Yeah, I over... Over in uh, Santa Cruz, California area, there's a sea otter that's very aggressive, and they can't catch him. He's too slick. He goes and he knocks people off of their uh, off of their boards, and, and then takes off. He's like a he's like a rogue uh, sea otter that is just screwing with uh, with people in the ocean. Kind of like, hey, get out of my ocean, you dickwad. And there's nothing they can really do about it. They can't catch him. They've been trying to I catch him for. This has been going on for like a half a year. Wow. Yeah, isn't that great? Sea otter just jacking with people. That's funny. <laughs> it is. Um, let's see. Anyhow, uh, a sea otter launched into the national spotlight after images of her aggressively, uh, uh, aggressively wrestling the surfboards away from their, from surfers off the coast in Santa Cruz, California, circulated on social media, is building a fan club as uh, as it continues to evade capture. The, the, Cal- the California Department of Fish and Wildlife and the nearby Monterey Bay Aquarium been trying to capture the five-year-old animal known as Otter 841 since last week because uh, they say she poses a public safety risk and they say they want to examine and relocate her in a zoo or aquarium but to no avail. So I don't think she's a danger. I think I think that this thing is just having fun. Is I Yeah! I that, that's fun. Yeah. It, unless somebody seriously gets injured, I have fun. 
Yeah, and I guess I do get what they're saying. Someone could actually drown or die doing it. Yeah, but I'm... So, okay, I guess they're trying to stop it before that happens. So, I, I yeah. see that, but, hey, let have some fun while you can. Yeah, yeah, leave the otter alone. We're Team Otter, right? Yeah, I am. I mean, hell, look what we, look what we used to do. Hell, yeah. Master Mall. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was funny, though, what, what, uh, <laughs> was brought, what was brought up on the last podcast about how we used to take other people's hands and touch them to other people's dicks. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god, I was fucking giggling. I was listening to that podcast and uh, I was uh, actually... I, I was, was rolling. I was rolling. Uh, Val was doing some shopping and I was actually in the car and I was going to move the car from to another parking lot cause the, because we were going up the road to do some shopping and we didn't want to you know, have to walk up the hill and down the hill a couple of times. So I was relocating the car while she was shopping, and I started listening to that podcast, and I just crack up laughing because I remember vividly doing that to people. Yeah, <laughs> it would just fucking burn their whole mind out. They're like, ah. So. <laughs> oh, how, how brilliant! If I don't say so myself. So, um, right. Anyhow. Now to something a little serious. You know that leprosy is making a comeback in Florida? Is it? Yeah. A 53-year-old man, a 54-year-old man, diagnosed with leprosy adds to a growing number of uh, cases in the southern U.S., which appears to be a new hotspot for the disease. It follows recent alerts from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention of the first cases of locally acquired malaria in the U.S. in uh, two decades, four of which were in Florida. So now they have malaria and leprosy there. Leprosy rates... Another reason to stay out of Florida. Well, I love Florida myself, but, I mean, I mean, I, I you know, I'll, I'll still go there and everything, but, you know, um, I guess maybe I'd a little less Florida and more cruises. Well, actually, right now, I wouldn't want to go to Florida anyhow. Did you know that the uh, Gulf of Mexico temperature is 101? That is the temperature is we keep our hot really? tub here at home. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, you know, because yeah, you used to take care of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hot tub, the highest you're supposed to run them is 104. So yes. About yeah, 101 is about 100. Someone with high blood pressure. Yeah. 104 wow. could kill someone with high blood pressure. It could make them go into a stroke. Right, right, um, right, yeah, right. Yeah, if it's a public hot tub, you should probably keep it at 100, actually, not 101 either. Yeah, yeah um, and only 10, 15 minutes at a time. Yes, that's another thing, too, is people sit in there and they get to the feeling good and, and uh, yeah. they have a couple of pops. I'm one of them. Yeah, I'm me one too. Of them. Yeah, you have a couple of pops and you're like, man, I'm not moving. Uh, it could really get to you after a while that that hot of the temperature yeah. but 101 is the Gulf in Florida the Gulf of Mexico's temperature is 101 and the reason is is the uh, the currents are not circulating like they're supposed to something's going on and they don't they don't know what it is there's been all huh. different theories it's killing the the whole eco barrier in the reefs it's very very concerning for everything 
They're thinking the warmer water are going to make super hurricanes that are just going to tear everything up on the coast. Um, uh, let's see, um, not only that, but uh, um, the coral reefs, if they die, the whole ecosystem in the uh, sea, in the ocean, can die. And we're fucked if that happens. Yeah. Um, there yeah, are it. there are theories from there's this physicist. I've read all up on this, and I chose not to report on it, but here we go anyhow because it's kind of glum, and they don't really have any answers, and they don't really have any uh, reasons specifically why. But one one physicist said that when SpaceX went into orbit, it punched a hole in the atmosphere and that's how come all this freaky shit is happening the weather and the in the ocean not circulating then other people are saying it's a product of pollution uh, other people are saying that it's like an earth cycle they don't know but they need the ocean to start circulating again because this 101 thing is killing fish species it's killing coral yeah. reefs it's killing everything and it's extremely concerning because this could be extinction of man as we know it. Yeah. So, anyhow, um, you got a fart joke you want to tell? Uh, well, how about if I just go into a totally different story? Yeah, yeah, we're getting too serious. Oh, and anyhow, that, that, oh, that was a little gloomy. Yeah, oh, well, we got in. I, I got into that. Leprosy rates in new cases have been increasing in the southern parts of the U.S. since 2000. One man who contracted the disease was a landscaper. He didn't recall that he ever came in close with an armadillo who do sped them. The rise suddenly in cases in the U.S. are very concerning. However, the disease has declined everywhere else. Anyhow, go ahead with your story. Sorry, I wanted to finish that up. Oh, oh no, no, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were done. No, I just got to looking at it. I'm like, oh, shit, I was right in the middle of this story. So if anyone was interested in that story, I told the whole thing. So go ahead. Okay. Well, back in 2019, Dollar Tree raised prices to $1.25 at select stores until fully implementing the increase last year to 200 or to. 2,500 stores and four distribution centers. I remember them doing that. I do too. It was kind of a big deal. Yeah. People were flipped yeah, out. Yeah, it was. Like, what are you going to do? Change your name now? No, well, I changed our name. Well, however, Dollar Tree will now have about 300 to 400 products returned to its original dollar price structure. Chief Merchandising Officer Rick McNeely said in a recent conference. The really? money comes as other retailers have consistently dropped prices to stay competitive. Well, okay. I think that's a brilliant idea, and the reason is is because this right here. All these other dollar stores. Uh, have you ever have you been to Dollar General lately? Oh, I was there just today. Okay. I I don't generally go there, but yeah. I know enough people that do, and the reason is is this right here. I've got all these other stores near me, I don't have to. But if I lived out that way, I would probably be attending Dollar General too. But everyone says that since they've been building all these new stores, I call them the Redneck Starbucks because they're all over the country, peppered everywhere now. But they're saying they're they're raising the prices on everything. They are. They really are. They're they're, they're matching Walmart. Okay. Well, I think that... uh, because of stuff like that, that a dollar store that actually lowers their prices 
would probably go over very well because I know a lot of people that are upset with Dollar General because number one they're peppering the countryside with them and number two they're raising their prices so high on certain things right so I, I have one a two minute walk for me I no 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 like so, I said I'm not know. dogging them I'm not like snotty no, but no. I'm not going there because I'm snotty about it because I would I would shop there but I have virtually every other story known to man with like within a couple of miles from me, you know. So there's no reason right. for me to go there. You know, I have right. uh, I have uh, WalMarts and Costco's and Sam's Clubs and everything else right next to me. So I mean, Dollar General is like way down the line and it's further away from me anyhow. So there's not too many of them in the city. Right. So anyhow. So, yeah, I think that's a great idea that they do that. <coughs> and, um, and anyhow, good for them. Yeah, I've got an unknown fact for you, too. Okay, go ahead. Halloween Day marked the end of summer and the harvest at, and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death. Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. <coughs> on, on the night of October 31st, they celebrated Samhain, I, I hope I pronounced that right, when it was believed that the ghost of the dead returned to Earth. Okay. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting, so... Very cool. It's it just, just a legend, you know. Uh, no, it's a fact. <laughs> I guess. But anyway. Okay. Just got my ran across. Very cool. <coughs> you got anything? Um, yeah, let's see here. I've got, um, let me see. I'm trying to look for a certain story that I was looking at. Okay. Um, Okay, uh, millennials are like uh, really kind of like really skeptical of marriage, and they're kind of like not really doing it as much. So, uh, with a shift in personal goals, values, and roles that differ greatly from previous generations, more and more millennials, those born from 1981 to 1996, are tapping the brakes on marriage, led by their desire to focus on their careers, personal needs, and goals forming a substantial financial foundation upon which they create a family and even questioning the the meaning of marriage itself. So, and I know millennials and this is how they feel. This is true. Most of them from what I talk to. Um, according to a study from the Pew Research Center that compares millennials to the silent generation, um, uh, millennials are three times as likely to never have married as their grandparents were. Reasons why millennials have postponed marriage include 29% feel like they aren't financially ready. 26% haven't found someone with the right qualities. 26% feel they are too young to settle down. Compared to previous generations, millennials are marrying, if they do choose to marriage at all, at a much older age. In 1965, the average marrying age for women was 21 years, and for men it was 23. Today, the average age for marriage is 29.2 years uh, for men, and for women, it's 30, oh no, it's, yeah, 29.2 for women, and 30.9 for men. That's quite a bit different. As reported by the Not 2017 Real Weddings uh, Study, a recent Urban Institute report, even 
predicts that a significant number of millennials will remain unmarried past the age of 40. These, uh, statisti- these statistics indicate an important cultural shift for the first time in history. People are experiencing marriage as an option instead of a necessity, said Brooke Jen, a married millennial and a relationship coach. It's a, it's a fascinating happening and an incredible opportunity for marriage to be redefined and approached with much more reverence and mindfulness than ever before. So, uh, millennials are waiting and planning to be more strategic in other aspects of their life, like their career and their financial future, while also pursuing their professional, their personal values like uh, politics, education, and religion. So, in other words, like, um, they shifted back like four generations before the silent generation that waited later to be married. And this is like a um, this is like something that happens between generations, like the generation under any generation goes the complete opposite of the generation before them, because they look back yeah. and what they consider mistakes they don't do, and then a couple of generations later, they see the mistakes of the generation before them and the generation before them, and they have a shift that goes back 30, 40 years back, and that's what's going on with the millennials back now is they're looking back to the silent generation and shifting back to that and they don't even know it probably it's just the way they feel because of the last couple of generations before them you know they look back and they see all this divorcing and people marrying too early and they get their goals shot down they they don't get done what they want to ends in divorce you know so they see all this and they're like we're not going to do that because we see what those guys did and we're not going to screw up our lives like them so anyhow i found it very interesting there's a lot more to this article but i think i got the gist of what i'm saying there and i'm glad i found that specific article because it's kind of hard to find it was buried in a bunch of other stuff so anyhow let's see uh Something about the Packers screwing with Aaron Rodgers that I'm looking up here. Um, and let's see if I can find that. Well, here, I'll, I'll give you a minute. I got another one ready. Oh, okay. Go ahead. An 87-year-old Maine woman ably fought off a teenage attacker and fed him because he said he was awfully hungry. Marjorie Perkins said she awoke at 2 a.m. on July 26th. Uh-huh. And saw the and saw the young man standing over her bed. He had shed his shirt and pants and told her he was going to cut her. Oh, okay. I thought to myself, if he's going to cut, I'm going to kick. So I jumped into my shoes. She put on her shoes and fought back, putting a chair between them, as the two jostled in her Brunswick home. I was hollering for help out the window, she told the Times record. Thank God I had the chair between us. It would have been worse. The intruder struck her on the cheek and forehead before switching tactics and heading for the kitchen. He told Perkins that he was awfully hungry, she said, so she gave him a box of peanut butter and honey crackers, two protein drinks, and two tangerines. Perkins dialed one one on a rotary phone. She on a rotary phone. Yeah, yeah. 
She was talking to the dispatcher while the intruder collected his pants and left. He left behind a knife, shirt, shoes, and a water bottle containing alcohol, he said. Wow. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> well, they evidently got DNA. I'm pretty sure they got him. <laughs> what a great story. Uh, Smart. I outsmarted that stupid ass. <laughs> oh wow, good for Go her. Grandma. Go Grandma. Alright, um Packers fans, this is going back to the uh the story right, before. Right. Um Packers fans will keep a close eye on the New York Jets this season, of course. There is an interest in how Rodgers and several other former Packers will perform. Also, one of the Packers' 2024 draft picks is tied to the Jets' performance this season. If Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps, New York will send its first rounder to Green Bay. Anything lower than that, it's a second rounder. In any case, the more games the Jets lose, the higher the pick becomes. And Murphy is fully uh, the uh, general manager of the Packers, um, is uh, fully aware, and he won't be wishing Rodgers a successful first season in the Big Apple. 65%. Honestly, I hope everything goes well. I want to play 65%, but it would be really good if the Jets had a bad year because we have a very high pick, Murphy said in an interview with 97.3 The Game. I think it's probably a Green Bay outlet. Yeah. Um, it's the president and CEO, Mark Murphy, um, not the, I think I said general manager, didn't I? Uh, anyhow. Yeah. So, um uh, again, how much can how much can you not love him? He has asked. Many executives would have given a boring answer, wish Rogers well, and not made a comment on the potential draft pick the team could receive. Murphy isn't bothered by any of that. He wants the Packers to get a higher draft pick. Well, he wishes Rogers well, but his top priority is the success of the Packers. The season that means rooting against the Jets, and he's not wrong. And you know what? I I I get it. Um, I mean, why would you wish him? I mean, not just yeah, not it, just in the way he left and everything. I know there's two sides to every story, and I know that he probably had legitimate reasons to feel the way that he did. But I'd be the same way too. I go, I want you to do well, but not too well. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the game must go on. You got to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Just because somebody else leaves, you know. Nope. Can't go by that. If you did, then uh, you'd never get anywhere in life. So. Uh, anyhow, let's see what else we got here. Um, you feel like going on a little while longer, or you think maybe we're going to shut this bitch down for tonight? Well, that's up to you. Hmm. Okay, I got a I got a unique little story, and then after this, we can go into the final thoughts. All right. Okay. okay let me see here. There's one, two, three. Four of these. Uh, bear with me, please. Rob's going to sing to you the national anthem while I go through this. So. I don't even remember if I remember all the words. Okay, Rob is not going to sing you the national <laughs> anthem while I go through this. Okay. Um, um, this is um, a guy that returned back to his hometown with land that he learned that he owned. Returned to find someone built a house on it. So, yeah, on May 31st of this year, uh, 
Kingsburg received a call with bad news from a childhood friend still in Fairfield, Connecticut. His closest pal growing up was on hospice in town. And by the way, his friend mentioned they're building a house on the lot next to his old home. They're doing what, I said? I own that and I never sold it, Kingsburg recounted uh, this week. I was shocked. Dr. Daniel Kingsburg grew up in a house his parents bought on the semicircular street in 1953 where he was one year old after medical school in New York and residency in Maryland. He and his wife raised her two children on Long Island across the sound from uh, Fairfield. Kingsburg, uh, um, Kingsburg never lost his fondness for that town. I've been to Fairfield, Connecticut. It is a nice town. I enjoyed it a lot. It's right on the ocean. For decades, he held it. They have nice beaches. It's beautiful. It's all well kept. He held on to a vacant parcel just under a half acre next door to his childhood home. His father had bought that land also in 1953 uh, directly from Eliezer Palmley Jr., the family that settled that area in 1716. He hoped to pass it on to future generations of the Kingsburgs. Uh, certainly, if my children wanted to live in Fairfield, Connecticut, I'd be very happy about that, Kingsford told this week uh, from Long Island. He took the ferry across the Sound on the same way Wednesday after to see his dying friend. Afterward, Kingsburg stopped to uh, Skytop Terrace, where the family home and the corner of the Skytop Drive has long been since sold, but the parcel next door remained in his possession. So he thought over the decades he, he had watched it more from a scrubby plot to a thickly wooded mini forest. Now he stood eye to eye with a clear dirt building lot containing a four bedroom house nearly completed but with no siding yet on his parcel at 51 Skytop Terrace. It had popped up without his knowledge. After a land transaction that appears to be an elaborate scam according to a lawsuit Kingsburg filed this month at the U.S. District Court in Connecticut, Town records point to the way toward the, the story on October 18, 2022, Daniel Kingsbird of Johannesburg, South Africa, granted the power of attorney the right to sign legal documents on his behalf to Anthony Manelli, a Trumbull lawyer. That same day, nine months ago, a firm known as 51 Skytop Partners, LLC, purchased a lot from Kingsburg, or so the land records show, for $350,000. On January 24th of this year, a local construction firm affiliated with 51 Skytop Partners had a building permit in hand. The development was off to the races and a real estate nightmare exactly what used to be designed to prevent was about to unfold. The, license, the lawsuit cited Connecticut trade laws names as defendants Skytop Partners, which uh, says it's owned by Gina Leto and Greg Bergad and Minnelli. It, it claims... Uh, Klingsburg is suffering irreparable damage and that he never authorizes to sell a property to anyone. And anyhow, the laws are, I could go into a lot more here, but I'm not going to because it's kind of boring. There's like five more pages to that. So anyhow, yeah. the, the law doesn't insist for more proof that the, um, basically in a nutshell, it doesn't ask for more proof where other places do ask for more proof that of, um, power of attorneys and ownership belonging to someone. So anyhow, Kings, Kingsburg uh, was, um, was is suing Fairfield, Connecticut and the people that done that, uh, you know, that, that did it. The uh, And he's suing them for, you know, the lot being tore up and this uh, house being on there and everything. So, 
uh, hopefully he'll get to he'll win and he'll get to keep the house that was built illegally and everything and he can go on from there and I agree with him you know he said you know it's like a little mini forest and everything and he was wanting that land just like it is so one of his family could build on it later on if they wanted so good luck to him so yeah. anyhow uh, you got a final thought Rob and I have a final thought alright yeah um, my therapist told me write letters to the people you hate and then burn them okay I did that I did that but now I don't know what to do with the letters <laughs> I like it so, so if you come up with some ideas let me know man I gotta oh. get rid of these things yeah well I will <laughs> my final thought a female firefly uh, a female firefly will fake its own death to avoid mating with an undesired male be glad you're not a firefly yeah have a great yeah. night everybody we'll talk soon thank you Rob good night good night hi there this is fucknut from two fucknuts and a recorder podcast Two Douchebags and a Microphone are our favorite podcast ever. Please, go to your friend's computer and download it from there. Go to your church's computer and download it from there. Go to people you don't know and grab their phones and download it on there. These fuckers need all the help we can get. No bat light here. These idiots just show up and hope for the best. Please remember to go to Cole's dressing room, wait five minutes and scream... Hey, there's no toilet paper in here! Oh, oh shit. shit. What's, What's that, that over there? there? Oh, oh no. It's this island, island of horrible, horrible jokes. I mean, you know, while we're talking about stinky stuff and all this, you know, um, about 10 years ago, they decided they're going to come up with some different douche flavors. Oh. Yeah, but uh, they didn't go over very well. Wait a minute, who's tasting it? Oh, well, I, I, I don't know if it's a taste or a smell. Yeah. Well, on the other hand, you know, if, if a person would use the douche prior to oral sex, maybe that would be... Maybe that's what they're wanting yeah, to. But yeah. yeah. So what what kind of flavor goes well, well with vagina? We, we obtained... <laughs> we exclusively are crack staff here uh, at... Uh, crack two, staff, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> at, here at Two Douchebags and a Microphone, we obtained a couple of we copies. We should know things about douches. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> we ought to be experts. <laughs> Here's a spoiler. We're not experts about anything. No. <clears throat> yeah. Is that actually a spoiler? You think they're just like scratching their head going, yeah. If they needed, yeah, we realized this. Yeah, if they needed to be told that we're not experts and that we will lie to you if it entertains us, well, you're probably missing the point of the whole podcast if we have to be told that part. <laughs> if you believe a fucking thing that comes out of our mouth, I question you as a person. Yes. <laughs> if, if you believe nothing else, believe it when we say... 
look it up for yourself, find out for yourself, make up your own mind, yeah. quit relying on what and, other people told you. And speaking of that, next week probably or the week after, mm -hmm. we have the special guest that just by chance mm -hmm. He runs into us every now and then. Oh, we prefer to call him Deep Sky, yes. but oh. he calls himself Brandon. That was the name he was using at the time. You know, we know it's not actually really Brandon. This but... guy is an expert on the deep state mm. and the big cover-up going on everywhere. Now, listen, I mean, I think that a lot of what this guy says, there's a lot of truth in it. I don't believe all of it. I think it's like anything. People take part of the truth and then they expand it into whatever. And the more you look, the more you can find information that will justify just about anything you choose to believe. Yeah. The the whole thing is, is this guy is uber intelligent. Very, very. Um, he uh, Very um, organized. Very organized. And he is a walking encyclopedia of this stuff. Mm -hmm. He believes it with all his heart. And we're hoping to find him again here soon. We haven't seen him in a few weeks. Yeah. And he kind of got freaked out because we wanted to take a picture of him there with us. <laughs> Oops. And he uh, he did he wasn't having that. So yeah. I have no idea what Brandon's into or anything. As a matter of fact, he didn't even want to listen to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, anyhow, very very grateful he he agreed to talk to us for quite a long time. Yeah. So hopefully we will see him again. But if not. We have probably have about five hours of this guy, and he jumped in one day when we were talking about Jim Morrison and rock stars. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, anyhow, that's he came in did. and was talking to us about Jim Morrison the day he died. His dad signed the Magna Carta. Was that it? Or? No, was, he was saying that Jim Morrison's dad was uh, in uh, military intelligence. Yeah. And was was uh, directly connected to the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which justified the... Vietnam War. That was the way it. it that was, was it. Okay. the way it was conducted. Well, well, and then he was he was you know saying more. I'm not going to do any also, more spoilers uh, beyond that. But we should just... numerology, the big satanic cult, all this stuff. And listen, like I said, I don't believe everything that he says, but whenever he speaks, I find it extremely interesting, yeah. extremely entertaining, and thought provoking. He makes your brain yeah. do that little dance every time he talks. Yeah, as long as you're open to possibilities and new ideas and listen with that attitude, he's got so much interesting things, so many interesting things to say. And even if you don't necessarily agree with all the conclusions, there's a lot of interesting information along the way that is both and, and you know, a lot of it is factual. And, what he's speaking yeah, of is factual and and. Uh, had a, a great impact on a lot of things. He's actually the guy that uncovered the douche flavors for us. Oh, yeah, excellent work. Yeah. He went to Massengill and he did a big expose. <laughs> and anyhow, I mean, you know, the first one that went over horribly was uh, Bloody Mary. Oh. <laughs> they just did not like the name. They thought Bloody Mary was just a very bad fit for a douche. Mm, I can just see the 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 ad ad picture. The where, where would they put the stalk of celery? <laughs> <laughs> that might have been one of the problems. <laughs> that, yeah, that could be it. Yeah. It's like if you write a beautiful song that's called "Suck My Ass," then you know people aren't going to want to listen to it. <laughs> I would, but yeah. Mr. Well, DJ, will you please? <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite song? Suck my ass. <laughs> Sorry, damn. It's just like I remember the back of Circus Magazine. I think it was Keith Richards, or no, it wasn't Keith Richards. Who was it? 
So, um, shit, I, I think it was like Nick Bocott of, remember the old metal band Grim Reaper? Mm-hmm. They was talking to him, and they go, hey, what's your favorite ballad? He goes, Highway to Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Good comeback. <laughs> Okay, I think so. he was serious. Probably so. <laughs> so Bloody Mary is a no-go. No, I no, can, that's yeah. no-go. And then after that, they tried to take advantage of the health praise, right? Yeah. So yeah. anyhow, back Eat then... Eat healthy. <laughs> kale was a big item oh. back then. Oh. Well, didn't go over huh. so well. You no. Know, I mean, they took it down, and they took it down to, you know, the corner market deals, and, and uh, you know, yeah. and... Uh, you know, oh, if you were actually getting like, you sprouts know. Sprouts said no. <laughs> Whole Foods said no. If you were getting some actual kale with it, that'd be one thing, but it's just the kale flavor it was without just the, the flavoring. Without yeah. the nutrition. Yeah, that's, that's not the joke. Yeah. It's just like a meme going around how, how to serve kale and it shows them throwing it in the garbage. Yes. <laughs> Nobody really likes kale. And no. if they say they do, they just want you to like it. Let's them, face so. it, it's a douchebag status. Yeah. So, what'd you go. have for uh, lunch? Oh, I had a kale sandwich. With quinoa. Uh, I, I put my hand up and walk away. Yeah. That's it. I do the talk to the hand and then I leave. I don't even say another word. If I hear the word kale, it's like no. I smell water and vinegar. <laughs> a kale salad is what a douche would be, right? Yes. Well, anyhow, kale was a no-go. So, uh, okay. the, you know, the massacre was like, shit, well... They wanted to go the complete opposite. Let's do some unhealthy food. Sure. So they came up with cotton candy. <laughs> well. Oh my gosh. Um, I would think that uh, you'd want her to have a Brazilian. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, you start and get a little association in your mind. Oh, babble snatch. Babble snatch would have been a great flavor. Yeah. yeah. That Babble's was a very popular dish. gum. Oh, God, yeah. Very popular oh, gum. Once you have babble snatch, you don't like any other gum. Yeah. Oh. You didn't uh, want to babble in any other snatch again. Just, no, no, yeah. that was it. Especially Paul at 7 Eleven. Me and him love each other. <laughs> yeah. He sends me Christmas cards, everything. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> but okay. cotton candy went over horribly. It uh-huh. went over like a uh, flaming pile of shit. Yeah. Like it probably should have. Let's so, hope they didn't do flaming pile of shit flavor that. That would actually probably have a market now that you think about it. Well, you know, and then Mass and Gill, you know, the crack staff down there were scratching their heads. They're like, yep. well, you know what, then maybe, maybe we need to, you know, kind of get on maybe the Latin tip. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of Latinas and Latinos in America. Yeah, broaden your, your market base and yeah, try to yeah. expand so into other markets. So we're going to do a little spicy. Countries. We're going to get a little warm here. We're going to, you know. Mm-hmm. So they came up with wasabi. Oh, wasabi. Yeah, well. Yeah. I guess wasabi Ow. didn't go so well. Uh-huh. You know, they were like, you know, man, I'm, you know, they're like, you know, it, it's hot, <laughs> has some flavor. You know, I mean, there's a couple oh fold God. on that. Not only the the person <clears throat> that were, that's, you know, hanging around the brush, so to speak, uh-huh. you know, but also whew, the person that was using the wasabi probably didn't care for it either. I imagine a lot of perspiring going on. As, oh, uh, uh, I, yeah. I, I, I met a man years ago who thought that Vicks VapoRub was an excellent sexual lubricant. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, I've got my Alberto, my Alberto VO5 story, but I will save that for another podcast. Okay. Let's just so. say it's not a good lubricant. <clears throat> okay. Let's just leave it right there. 
All right. And besides that, someone listening to this podcast might know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. No spoilers. So it listen. This is your uh, this is your uh, 30 day warning. If you don't want this broadcast, <laughs> send me a message. <laughs> When we mean that in the friendliest, most non-threatening way possible. Absolutely. <laughs> so that will be my cue to say it with names. <laughs> so, right. so wasabi fell on its face. Yeah, yeah. So, well, and then they're like, you know, the crack staff down there are scratching their heads again. What can we do to get across that, you know, that our douches are just, you know, we're the new, kinder, gentler douches? We asked 100 people, what flavor do you want to sit on your face? Well... The next one was uh, Hot Damn. <laughs> what is that? Cinnamon whiskey? Yes. Kind of thing. <laughs> so, you wow. know, they're, they're like, you know, um, Hot Damn. How can you go wrong with that, man? You know, freshens your breath and smash. You know, you get smashed. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. It's a great concept to think about, you know. The it's alcohol like, hey, content would probably help cut down on some UTIs. Hey, Willie, uh, what are you doing? Drinking? <laughs> what are you drinking? Hot damn. I'm doing shots out of, well. <laughs> well, I'm this using, container is really unique. I'm using this nice fur teacup. This is the coolest shot glass I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I think that was in an Alice Cooper song. Fur, that was Feed My Frankenstein. Feed My Frankenstein, yeah, I yeah, love that song. He referred Feed to... My. Uh, Frankenstein. He referred to licking an ice cream cone and drinking from a fur teacup. A fur teacup. I remember that one. (laughs) Good old Alice. Yeah. Well, you know, Mass and Gelder, they're going, what the fuck can we do? So, you know, they kind of decided to maybe, like, go to the fringe. (laughs) Maybe hit the country folk. Maybe hit the rednecks and the the hicks up and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, naturally, I went to a skull dip flavor. Ooh, or when you're going down on the farm. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. got a so chaw this... full of, uh, you know, a mouthful of chaw, you know. So that would tend to be like a big menthol flavor. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I mean, I guess you could go Copenhagen straight tobacco flavor, but yeah. you'd start sneezing probably down yeah. there. That wouldn't be a good yeah. idea, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah, no whistling menthol. through the wheat field. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. And then you know, out of habit, you probably you know have to every now and then turn your head and spit. <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't go over well. No. It's like, why are you doing that? <laughs> Did you get a hair or something? What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, it's just the flavor. I'm. Mean... <laughs> yeah, I, this, this is what I do whenever I get around menthol. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> So, yeah, I can see that not going well. So yeah, that didn't go so well. So, you know, they're like, you know what? Well, we're going to try to appeal to the younger crowd, but not too young. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of, you know, maybe the 20, early 20 something, maybe 18 year old, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for the sake of staying legal, 18, maybe yeah. 18 to 25 or something like yeah. that, you know, yeah. that demo. So they went Lucky Charms. <laughs> I wonder if you could get the version, the version with just marshmallows. Did you say virgin? I almost did. Did they get the virgin with just marshmallows? I guess virgins could use it. And, you know, that's okay. So uh, nothing's the marshmallows. The, you get just the marshmallows. They were selling them for a while. Just the marshmallows. You can get the St. Patrick's Day version with a mixture of green clovers in. It. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, these are tragically <laughs> suspicious, or no, 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 they're magically delicious. <laughs> oh, you start clicking your heels. Oh, oh, these lucky charms, they, they hit me spot. Mm. And then you'll hear her say, oh, you found the pot of gold. Oh. <laughs> if you're lucky, you'll hear that. Oh, you little... <laughs> Lucky charms. Wow. Well, you know, that actually could probably work, you know, because people like sweet. Yeah. 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 And then you get to drink the milk water afterwards. (laughs) Okay. Now I can see how that didn't work. (laughs) There's no cereal milk after this. Well, you know, massive gals over there just scratching their heads going, we don't know what to do. Getting the wrong focus groups, apparently. Yeah. They got another group in and they decide, you know, crab. Oh, crab with a K. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, there's a crab flavored douches. <laughs> well, you know, seafood, fish, that's, you know, it just didn't yeah. have a good ring, you know, yeah. considering the subject matter. They just really, you know, crab just didn't really, yeah. Yeah. It kind of fell on its face, so to speak, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. like putting, you know, gold leaf on a chrome bumper. It's already, you know. Yeah. It's already all that it can be along those lines. Yeah, so they're like, you know, okay, okay, maybe not crab. That's a little overpowering. Mm-hmm. How about a boiled shrimp? Especially around uh, Fat Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, with that spice and everything. Yeah. You could you well, could have, you know, etouffee, and you could have gumbo, and you yeah. could have jambalaya versions. You could go any way with it nice. at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like a good New Orleans celebration? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, evidently did. that didn't do too well either. People no. weren't real crazy no. about the boiled shrimp. And it didn't really I go for the... fell on its plate. Didn't on go for the Creole crotch. No, 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 okay. no Creole crotch, no <laughs> boiled shrimp, nothing. <laughs> no bonton roulette, none of that. Nothing. Gone. <laughs> nope. Nope. Just get the fuck out of here, you and your fucking boiled <laughs> shrimp. Here, take your packet. Take your spice packet with you. <laughs> See, they, they include the spice packet with the douche. That could that could be a game changer. Yeah, because then you could always, if it didn't work out, you could always just go boil some shrimp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so anyhow, so then okay. you know the the crack staff of Massengills, you know, let's try maybe a snack or something. Mm-hmm. So they went with extra sharp cheddar cheese it, <laughs> extra sharp cheddar cheese it. <laughs> Not even the real cheese, just the cheese it. Yeah, yeah, just the cheese it. Those we'll little square way. pieces of shit. That way you can get the marketing tie-in, and you know, cheese it will help you know pay the cost of the advertising. Yeah. <laughs> With the crunch, also. So that way, you know, you're eating some cheese it. You're like, hmm, this reminds me of something. <laughs> like, what are you doing, honey? <laughs> Or else, maybe right in the middle. Enjoy some cheese, it. Right in the middle, you you think, damn. After this is over, I really like to have some cheese its. <laughs> <laughs> well, needless to say, the extra sharp, sharp cheddar cheese its didn't go that well. So anyhow, they were they're forced to maybe go with some other direction mm-hmm. and uh, anyhow so <laughs> i can't wait in the final one that we've uncovered or brandon uncovered for mm-hmm. us sushi oh. 
<laughs> well, for obvious reasons, sushi did not do that well as a douche flavor. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It was quickly scrapped in favor of uh, just traditional. But you know, sushi would go well with the wasabi flavor as well. So if you get the two flavors together and mix them, a, a little wasabi sushi douche. Yeah. So, let's see, wasabi sushi douche. I like yeah. that. Yeah, it kind of rolls off the tongue. Yeah, keep them well <laughs> away from the lucky the tongue. Keep them well away from Lucky Charms and cotton candy. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of kind of surprised they didn't go for any like comfort food, hmm. like you know mashed potatoes and gravy. That would be a great that one. Could be, yeah, maybe the, or tenderloin. A tenderloin. Tenderloin flavored douche. You know, and then or you know that would go with the mashed potatoes and gravy. Yeah. yeah. Um, corn dog. Corn, corn dog. dog. Yeah. You hit everybody at the fair with that. Yeah. How about, uh, and you know, people like oh, a deep fried Snickers flavored douche. I think that is one. I think right that one. that would probably sell really well in a certain demographic. You know, the one who likes came the deep fried foods. She had these yeah. different flavored douches. I mean, that <clears> one <throat> went out clearly. Yeah. You know, yeah. You'd have like a. It's nah, like dessert. No, no kale. <laughs> the, the peanut butter flavored one is sounds okay, but I kind of need some jelly or something to go with it. The kale one um, is the one you have to use on, uh, like, during Lent or something. You know, yeah, yeah. Eat, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's Lent. I gave up meat, so now I'm going to eat this stuff with, like, virtually no taste. You yeah, know, so. yeah. I gave up the, the really tasty douches for, for Lent. For so Lent. We're yeah, using this the shows God I'm serious. Kale and you know, God looks down and goes, oh, kale? <laughs> You're going to heaven. Yeah. That's a lot of dedication to eating yeah. that bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, Eating like, that scam. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's 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 how I know God doesn't want us to eat kale because God doesn't want us to suffer. That's true. God loves us. He it's doesn't in, want us it, to eat it's kale. It's biblical. I'm pretty sure yeah. somewhere it says kale is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, maybe it doesn't. But anyway. Yeah, uh, no. well, well, let's start the rumor as of right now. Kale is bullshit. Kale is bullshit. And yeah. if you like kale, you are an insufferable prick. Remember that that plastic parsley they used to serve on your restaurant plate? That stuff tastes in? better. That, that actually is what kale is. They just they just got better at you know printing out the plastic. Oh, so it's like it's, today's artificial turf. You can't tell from grass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. kale is that artificial parsley. Yep. It, it, it never doesn't actually grow out of the soil so much as it is you know 3D printed out of plastic. You know, Mark pellets. Zuckerberg likes kale. Mark Zuckerberg is kale. Yeah, he's yeah. He is coconut oil infused kale. He is. Wow. That makes me want to hurl just right now. <laughs> Go to douchebagsandmicrophone.net. You're one stop for everything. You want to write us? You want to say something to us? You want to look for a live button? When we go live, you can call in. All of this stuff is right there for your ear holes and eye holes. You got it, chumps. It's all yours. Two douchebags and microphone.net is up and running. Hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Hey, where'd everybody go? Where the douchebags? Hmm. Oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back.
Oh, man, that smells. 